1 Samuel chapter number 18, we come to a passage of Scripture. I must confess it's not going to be a Christmas sermon this morning. A couple chapters before 1 Samuel 18 is a familiar passage of Scripture. It's David and Goliath. Once David is, uh, has killed Goliath, the Bible tells us that Saul takes him into the kingdom, into his, his home, and David begins to play a, a harp, and when, when Saul would get upset and the evil spirit would come upon Saul, David would play. And when David would play, that evil spirit would go away. But we find in, in 1 Samuel 18 that Jonathan, which is Saul's son, Jonathan and David become good friends. Now what's, what's unique about this is Saul is fearing that David is after his kingdom. Saul senses that, that God's hand is upon David's life and God's removed his hand upon, off of Saul's life. And, and Jonathan, which would be next in line to become king, becomes best friends with this one that's going to take the kingdom. And so we come to that portion of Scripture here. We come to that time in David's life. In verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul. And that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him go more, no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garment, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out with the sword Saul sent him behaved himself wisely, and Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass, as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out in all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tabrets and joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and asked, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands." This became a very difficult time from this point forward for David. And we find out in the next, cha- uh, next verse why, and Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands, and what can he have more but the kingdom? In 1 Samuel chapter 18, we find David is in a place in his life where he is not now quite sure what to do. It's interesting, David is taken... Uh, once, he, once he kills Goliath, the Bible says in verse number 2, And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. David was in a situation where David didn't have a choice now where he was going to go. David was going to be placed in the kingdom, in, in Saul's house. Now, let me remind you before we get feeling too bad for David here, this was all a part of God's plan. God had a plan for David. God's will was for David to become the king of Israel. We remember this, if you would, if, you, if, if you've studied this portion of Scripture before, Saul has disobeyed God. Saul was the king, but Saul has disobeyed God, and Saul has rebelled against God, and so God then set out to find a new king. But this was not going to be a battle between two kings that Saul would now battle against David and David would overthrow the kingdom and and through a war there would be a new king. This was going to all be on God's timing. God desired for David to go through a process that took some time. 
Because God did not want another king like King Saul. King Saul was, was uh, 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 one that was disobedient. King Saul was one that was prideful. King Saul was one that always looked inward. We find that even one of these scripture uh, uh, verses that we read, and Saul was very wroth in verse number eight, and saying displeased him. He was upset because they sang a song and ascribed more people to David than himself. He said, how could they sing of David and he has killed his tens of thousands and they've just ascribed a thousands to me. He was jealous. He said this, David, now what's left for him, he's going to take my kingdom. And from that point forward, Saul became very jealous. It wasn't that situation, though, that caused Saul to be a jealous man, Saul, uh, caused Saul to be a prideful man. That was who Saul was. What this situation did was just bring out and showed what Saul was all about. And God knew that. And so God chose David. Now, David had to go through a process so that God could use him. Now, for many of us, we want God to use us. But we don't like the process. We want to do great things for God, and we want our lives to matter for God's glory. We want our lives to count for God's kingdom's sake. But there's a process that we go through for God to use us. David was in the middle of that process here in this chapter. David's at a place in his life where I'm sure David wondered, is there any way out of what I'm in? You don't have to raise your hand or talk out loud here this morning, but I wonder, have you ever been in a place in life where you wondered, will this ever end? Is this ever going to go away? David, not on his own wishes, was now in the king's house. David was now at a place where it wasn't a place that he asked for. It wasn't a place that he auditioned for. This is not a place where he desired to be. He had no choice. He found himself here. You ever find yourself in a place like that? You're at a place in life that it's not what you asked for. It's not where you thought you'd be. It's not what you wished you'd be, but you find yourself at a place and that's where you're at. That's where you're at. David is here because this is where God wants him. You know what I find in this chapter? When God is working in our life, it doesn't always, always sit well with us. When God is wanting to do a work and God is moving and God is working, sometimes, many a times, God puts us in a place in our life that we don't necessarily want to be. And it's in those places that God does his work. You see, if I were David and I was going to become a king, it would have been a little bit better of a transition if I had my choice. I'm sure if David had his way, he could have plotted his course a little bit better to the kingdom. It wasn't that he was going to come in now and work underneath of the king. This is the same king that getting upset with David would throw a javelin at David and tried to kill David. This is the same king that hunted David like a dog and, and took his, his entire army to, to go out and hunt David. And this is the same king that, that desired to see David dead. But I want you to remember this morning. David was where God wanted him. Every situation that we read from this point forward as David is being, being, being hunted by King Saul is because that's where God put him. 
Because there was something God was after. And he needed David to go through this process so David would be what God desires him to be. This morning, you may be going through some things in your life and you say, this isn't what I desired. This isn't what I signed up for. This is what I thought life would be when, when, when I was thinking and planning my life, making decisions. You may be right where God wants you to be. And sometimes being where God wants you to be isn't always where we want to be or we feel comfortable. God has a way of getting us out of our comfort zone and putting in us in a place where we have to truly rely upon him. You see, David could. David could rely upon God if he was there at his father's house. But David had it all under control. He could take that sling and he could put a stone in that sling. And, and the worst that would happen to David would be a bear or a lion would come out at night to try to steal one of his sheep. But David had it down pat. He could kill that lion and he could kill that bear. David didn't even need to, to exercise much faith because he had it down. He was good at what he was supposed to do. But God had something else planned for David. And when God is going to mold us and God is going to use us and God desires for greater things in our life for his sake, he oftentimes takes us out of our comfort zone. He takes us out of a place where we feel we've got it all together. And he drops us in a place where we say, God, what are you doing? He drops David right in the middle of Saul's kingdom. We find David here, his whole life is now changed. It's, it's, it's upside down. And David has a choice. And when God takes your life and he drops you in a place where you don't understand and you're out of your comfort zone, you have a choice as well. You can either rebel or you can let God mold your life. Those are the two options. I want you to find here this morning as David is trapped. David can't leave if he desires to leave. Saul said, you're going to stay here from this point forward. No more. In verse number two, you're going to go home to your father's house. And, and that sounds good. I'm with the king. I make a best friend. Me and Jonathan are together. And then halfway through this chapter, we find out this. Saul's upset and he's going to kill you. David's trapped. But I remind you this morning, God has a purpose for David's life. You know, by David complaining or David trying to get out of God's purpose and God's plan isn't going to help David. And for us to be in a place where God has us, where he's stretching us, where he has us in a place where we might not enjoy and we might not like, we, we need to just stay in that place and let God work. But there's a way to handle it. I want you to see in verse number five, the Bible says this, when David was in a place that was difficult for him, the Bible says, and David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself. I want you to see that next word wisely. Do you see that? I want you to see in verse number 14 as well. Look a few verses later. The Bible says, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. Go on a few more verses later toward the end of the chapter there, last verse, you'll find this. Then the princes of the Philistines went forth and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. So that his name was much set by. 
In John, uh, and I'm sorry, in Job 28, 28, the Bible says, and unto, the, unto man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. In Proverbs 2, 6, the Bible says, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. In Proverbs 3, 13, the Bible says, happy is the man that, that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding. In Proverbs 4, 7, the Bible says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. And when David found himself in a place in life where he didn't understand, where he felt trapped, where he felt like he was out of control, he handled himself wisely, the Bible says. You know, a lot of times when we find ourselves in a place in life that we don't understand, that's our excuse to behave wrong. We are in ourselves and we use that as an excuse. You know what? Things are just not right right now and so I'm just not behaving normal right now. Or we use that excuse when we hurt somebody or say some things we shouldn't say or act out because we're not happy with where we're at. We use that as an excuse. Well, things aren't like they should be and so that's my reason to be angry quickly or that's my reason to say things I don't mean. But David didn't use the place he was at as, a, as an excuse not to honor God. David in a place where he didn't understand, David in a place where he didn't desire, David in a place where God is working, David, the Bible says, handled himself wisely. Three different times in the same chapter. The Bible says that David responded with wisdom. Now, wisdom is knowing the mind of God. Knowledge, you go to school to, to gain knowledge, but wisdom, wisdom comes by knowing God. You know, I believe this, David knew this in his life. If I'm going to get through this situation, if I'm going to thrive in this place where I didn't ask to be, I must know what God desires out of me. And David sought wisdom. Church, I want to remind you, when you find yourself in a place, you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure how to handle this, you're not sure what to do, you're not sure what to say, use wisdom in every area of your life. Wisdom comes from a relationship with God. I think the fact that David used wisdom these three times in this chapter showed that David had a relationship with God. When we find ourselves in a place that we don't want to be in, that's not the time to try to get a hold of God. I think what we find if we studied the life of David, David knew God before he got into that place. Matter of fact, that's why God put David in that place. God was looking for a king. God was looking for someone that he could trust. God was searching for someone that he could bless. God was searching for a leader that he could use. And he saw David and he knew because of his relationship with God that David would be the one that God desired to use. But he knew this, that David needed to, need to strengthen himself. David needed to draw more wisdom from God. David needed to rely even heavier upon God because what he was going to cause David to do was greater than David had ever done before. Now, most of us would say this as a Christian, I want, I want God to use me. I want God to use me greater this year, this upcoming year than he did this past year. I want him to use me greater tomorrow than uh, uh, what he did today. I, I want him to use my life and make it count for something. But we don't want God to go through the process to strengthen us. 
And if God is going to use your life greater in the future than he has in the past, he's going to strengthen you. When I was in high school, I played football. And I loved to get out there and hit people and play the game. But there was something the coach required from us that wasn't always as fun, and that was practice. If you played, many of you would know this. I'm sure this is everywhere where they played. They had two-a-days in the summertime getting ready for football. You would go in the morning. You'd have break, and they'd make you come back in the afternoon. And, man, those afternoon practices were brutal. And that's where I felt like he even made us work harder. And then you get us in the weight room and lift weights, and boy, you're tired. I just want to play football. I don't want to work. I just want to go out there and hit people. I don't want to work. But our coach knew this. In order for us to be a better player, we had to have better practices. In order for us to be a better player, we had to get stronger. In order for us to get stronger, we had to lift weights. We had to push ourselves. We had to go to our limits. We couldn't just be comfortable. You know what? I believe this. God does things the same way in our lives. He desires for us to do great things. Not so that we get credit. Not so that we get the praise, but so that he gets credit and he gets praise. God desires praise from your life. But if we're going to do something great for God, God is going to have to stretch us, and it hurts. And as God is stretching us, I find David in the same situation. David desired wisdom. He desired to know God greater. Listen, when you're being stretched, it's not a time for you to run from God. It's a time for you to even draw closer to God. David, you don't find David in this chapter getting upset, saying, God, I don't understand. I trusted you. I had a relationship with you. I depended upon you. Don't you remember when Goliath came out to me and, 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 and was cursing you and cursing Israel that I, I defended your name and I defended your people and I didn't do it for myself. I did it so that others knew that you were a great God. I did it so others knew that strength came from you. I did it so others knew that might came from you. I did it so that Israel was, was brought up and the Philistines were brought down so the people all around knew that God's people were blessed by your hand you don't find David getting upset here you don't find David running from God David ran to God in Proverbs 8 11, the Bible says for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it Proverbs goes on to say this he that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul and realizing this that David was after the mind of God he needed God to reveal to him what he desired. You see, David's in a place that he could not remove himself from. And so what did David do? He sought wisdom. Listen, this morning, if you're at a place where you're not sure what to do, desire wisdom. Desire to know the mind of God on that situation. Desire to know God's will. 
Don't get upset and curse the situation you're in. Use that to realize that God is molding you and making you into something that you can't be unless you go through that process. We find David, he is not running from bondage. He's running to God in this bondage. I want you to see in verse number 18 as well of the same chapter. Let's start in verse number 17. And Saul said to David, Behold my elder daughter uh, Merab, her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul, uh, Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. And David said unto Saul, Who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel, that I should be the son-in-law to the king? Now, this is a time where David could have said, this is my way out. You know, I'm somebody now. I'm working with the king and, in his, and I'm best friends with his son. And now the king is going to give me his daughter. When you're in a place where you're not quite sure what to do, when you're in a place where God is molding you, I want you to find what David did here. Not only did David seek wisdom, David abstained from pride. You know what pride says? I deserve this. You know what pride says? I'm somebody. You know, when you get into a situation that you don't like, pride says you don't belong there. Who, who, who do they think they are? Sometimes if you're not careful, pride can even say, God, don't you know who I am? God, why would you do such a thing to me? Don't you know how much I love you? Don't you know how much I, I, I care? Don't you know how much I, 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 I want you to be a part of my life? Who, who God, are you to, to put me through this? Like God has to have our permission. You know what David did? David not only, not only did David seek wisdom, the Bible says this and shows us this, that David abstained from pride. You know what his reaction was? Who am I? I'm nobody. I don't deserve, I don't deserve the king's daughter. I don't deserve to be in the king's family. I don't deserve these things that, 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 uh, these blessings that are coming my way. In the middle, in the middle of David going through a trial, in the middle of David at a place where he didn't desire to be, in the middle of David being stretched, David remained humble. You know, we need humble Christians. We need Christians that will let God be God in their life and not challenge God. We need Christians that will let God work in our life and mold us without getting upset with others around us. We need Christians that will let God work in our lives and mold us and develop us without questioning, why is this happening to me? In Proverbs 11, verse 2, the Bible says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. You know, when pride cometh, cometh shame. When somebody gets too proud, when somebody gets full of themselves, shame will eventually come. Proverbs 13.10 says this, Only by pride cometh contention, but with all well advised is wisdom. Here you find where there could have been great contention between Saul and David. 
There could have been a, a great battle here that takes place, but instead we find that David used wisdom and David uh, abstained from pride. David was lowly. David was humble. David was not trying to exalt himself to be someone that he uh, shouldn't have been. Now think back a few chapters. David was already anointed king. A few chapters ago, David stood in his living room while Samuel was there and the oil was poured over David. David knew he was going to become king. David knew that was at some point next in his future. He knew that was coming because the oil was already poured over his head. The prayers were already made. Samuel already stood in his home. He knew what was coming, but David didn't get ahead of what the Lord was doing. And David didn't let his pride say, you know who I am? I do deserve to be married to the king's daughter. Matter of fact, I'm going to be the king one day. You don't find David standing up against Saul and speaking what his mind, speaking what he thinks he should say. What you find David doing is saying this, I have a choice to become prideful. I have a a choice to, to, to use pride in this situation, or I can be humble. And David chose humility. You know, a lot of problems we get into is because we're not humble. It's truth. We don't like what someone said, or we don't like what someone did. We don't like what someone, uh, where some, how someone treated us. We don't like something, and so it causes contention. And the Bible says this, that's because of pride. And I know what we say, the reason there's contention between me and you is because you've got pride. <laughs> no, we need to look in the mirror and say, you know, there's contention there, and it's my pride. David had a choice. David could have said, I'm king. And we're not going down this road. But David said this. He said, who am I? Verse 18, and what is my life? You know, David, I think, realized the only worth he had in his life was what God was willing to give. And without God giving him worth, David had nothing. Christian, we ought to come to that place as well. And it would cause a lot of uh, harm to go away. It would cause a lot of tension to, to decrease. It would cause life to be a little bit better if we would come to the same place David came to and abstained from pride. I want you to see in verse number 19, the Bible says, but it came to pass at the time when Merib, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, she was given unto Edriel. In verse number 20, he had to settle for Michael. Michael was not the daughter that David was supposed to marry. David was promised a certain daughter. And then he was given someone else when it was time. You know what David's reaction was? David... In verse number 20, the Bible says, and they told Saul and the thing pleased him. And Saul said, I will give him her and she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the twain. And the servant commanded his servant saying, commune uh, with David secretly and say, behold, the king hath the light in thee and all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. Skip down to verse number 26, if you would. And when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law, and the days were not expired. 
Wherefore David arose and went, he and his men, and slew the Philistines 200 men. You know what we find here? David being settled with what he was given. Now this is one that I think in this generation we're living in, it really needs to get. David was promised something, or David was owed something. And Saul, his daughter was married off to someone else, and David was then given, given another daughter, but that wasn't the daughter David was promised. Do you know what I find with David? David didn't live his life thinking he was owed something. He was content with what he had. You know, we live in a generation, they're always owed something, aren't they? Here, David was in a place where he didn't want to be, he didn't desire to be, and then David gets strict. You know what I find how David dealt with him? David dealt with him with meekness. David, again, he could have fought. He could have said, this isn't right. This is not what I was promised. I'm old. I'm old, the older daughter. I'm old, the daughter that I was told. David was happy just having any of the king's daughters. You know, that shows a spirit of meekness. In 1 Timothy 6, verse number 11, but thou, O man of God, this is, this is uh, 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 Paul speaking to Timothy, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Paul was saying to Timothy, Timothy, if you want to be used of God, you need to flee a few things. You can't let your flesh always dictate how you feel. You can't always resort to the old way. You can't always say, well, this is just who I am. And, and that, that ugliness come out when you get upset and then you use it as an excuse because you know you were done wrong. No, don't think you're owed something. Don't think you deserve something. We ought to, as David handled situations in our life with meekness, accepting what comes our way. You know, there are so many people that fight because they think they're owed something and they lose out. They lose out on the blessings they could have because they want what they can't have. David could have made an issue out of this, but David wasn't going to make an issue because David had a spirit of meekness. In Titus verse uh, uh, 2 of chapter 3, the Bible says, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. You know, sometimes we think that we have to fight because that's the way we have to hold our, uh, take a stand, and, and, and we will be weak if we don't fight. You know what, David, he showed meekness. God was looking for someone that he could use. God was looking for a leader. God was looking for a king. God was looking for someone that would lead his people. And he didn't want someone full of pride. He didn't want someone full of themselves. He didn't want someone that thought that the world revolved around them. Dave, uh, God desired David to be meek. And I believe this, if we're going to be used of God, we must have a meek spirit. You know what that means? Sometimes you get walked on. that's okay. We're commanded to die daily, aren't we, in the New Testament? You know, if a dead person gets walked on, they don't care. They don't yell, they don't scream. You know, sometimes when God is working in our life, and God is molding us for His plan, He's searching for someone that will handle things with meekness. We don't always have to fight. 
Listen, we do. We fight against uh, 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 evil. We fight against unrighteousness. But we ought not fight when God's trying to do a work in our own life. God is looking for a meek spirit. David here was in a place where David was owed something. But you don't find where David said, you know what, I'm owed something. And we're not going forward until I get my way. I'm not going forward with this until I get what I deserve. You know what, I'm going to protest. I'm going to take a stand. The whole kingdom's going to shut down right here because I didn't get what I was told I'm going to get. You know, sometimes we act that way, don't we? There's going to be turmoil in this house until I get my way. Kids protest parents and parents protest kids and parents protest each other. If I don't get my way at work, there's going to be a problem here. What if all Christians, all children of God, when God was working in our life, what if they all acted with a meek spirit? Could you imagine what a Christian home would be like? Can you imagine how sweet a Christian marriage would be like if both partners were meek in their spirit? David, he didn't behave in such a way where he was owed something. You know, I find in verse number 23 now, well, we're not going to get to verse 23. I'm done. (laughs) My time is done. This morning, if God is working in your life, let him. Let him. And respond with wisdom. Respond with humility. And respond with meekness. Because what God wanted for David was for David's own good. And what God desires for you is for your own good as well. Let's not resist him. Let's not fight him. Let's respond in such a way so God has his way in our lives.